All righty then, welcome back to Divas Diamonds and Dollars podcast. We empower goal-oriented business women and leaders looking for whole life strategies to live their best life. We bring you the key success principles that will support you as you grow into the best version of yourself. Each week, we help you get ahead and succeed at a higher level. Folks, I'm Larissa Troach, and I'm here with Cecilia Benford. Well, goodness, we are, I want to say we're into spring, but I think we only had two spring days. It's kind of like this weather doesn't know what it wants wants to do. I keep thinking I want to move, but I don't know where to go because the weather's crazy everywhere. But today, folks, the sun is shining. So let's just go ahead and enjoy ourselves and lean into it. Wondering. Okay. Mm -hmm. My chair chair was moving on me, so I was like, okay. We're going to lean into it and dance into it. It's all good. That's right. So who hasn't heard the axiom, time is money? I know everyone's familiar with that phrase. So we all know it, but how are we using our time? And additionally, what are the other primary impacts on making more money in our business? Sounds like a great question. I'm going to say, let's discuss. So, you know, we we fine tune, we plan, we hope we plan. (laughs) Mm -hmm, and you know at some point but you have you have to make adjustments and then sometimes you have to look for new avenues which is what we want to talk about four tips to boost your bottom line and hopefully quickly you know you can take any or all of these ideas I, I think they all work depending on where you are what type of business you have but you know with your business open you're finally getting into your rhythm now that you're all set it's time to review if you will your accounting your numbers, the fun part. I know that's why we got in the business to do numbers. <laughs> so, but anyway, let's just take a look, make sure that your financials are optimized because at the end of the day, it's all about that cash flow. So let's make sure you're receiving all the money that you are due. So that is our combo for today. Naturally, before we jump into the fray, we want to just take a moment to remind you to subscribe to our podcast because as you know that feeds the almighty algorithm and it's voracious appetite and it only takes a second to subscribe and once you subscribe all the episodes are downloaded to your device so you never miss out okay so let us get into the deepest part of your conversation today that's your wallet (laughs) anyhow uh you know we've talked about scheduling focus time on your calendar it is so critical because i know when i don't do it i am not effective so make sure that you're scheduling focus time on your calendar so you can get your priorities knocked out right away as a matter of fact it's not a book club but i do want to recommend a good book on the topic let's see if i can get that close to the camera it's called eat that frog by brian tracy uh, eat that frog, get more of the important things done today. Now, I do want to say I had heard the phrase eat the frog. And so I was sharing that with my team at one of our meetings. Just, you know, what I got out of it was just do the hard part in the morning. And then the rest of your day is kind of easy peasy, you know, masa manos. Um, But this book actually had some more tips as to really kind of how, how to narrow that down and really how to essentially manage your time but still it's a quick read so if you can find it i do recommend it eat that frog by brian tracy 
So, so anyway, in other words, that's better than eating one elephant at an one. elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, is it similar or? Well, I think that the point about eating the frog is that it's more specific as to do the heavy lifting at the beginning. Whereas mm -hmm. to me, eat the frog, eat the frog is like you have a big task. Uh, is it the most important task? I don't know. Eat the frog, eat the uh, elephant. Eating an elephant is something huge that right. you're feeling okay. overwhelmed with. So eating the, let's just go ahead and get into the animal. Um, <laughs> well, no, because the frog was fine. Ooh, you know, I so. know it's what is gross. And that's the whole point is to make yeah. you really think about it. It's like, you know, if you consider eating a frog, no one, except for maybe la Francais, um, les Francais are not necessarily going to consider eating a frog, aka frog legs. But, you know, you, as you say, it gives you a squeamish moment yeah, because we're right. avoiding that thing that we don't want to do because it's so difficult, right? Okay. And what All he's right. saying essentially, just get it over with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Animal husbandry. You didn't know we were all very well-rounded. We're just going to tell you something. Else. Well, we're that. <laughs> Anywho, so besides managing your time today, we also want to talk about three other ways that can make a real difference in filling your coffers. Let's dive in, shall we? All right. So, I mean, you woke, you woke up that whole thing about time. And, you know, everybody, that is one thing that, guess what? Everybody in the world has the same commodity, 24 hours. That is the only thing that I know of that we all share, you know? So, um, so let me, yeah, kind of get on, you know, let me continue that bite I, I i can't still leave the image but let me let me just parlay over here to the time aspect of things because that is truly something that i deal with and i think when i say i deal with it uh we all struggle with it it doesn't matter what you're doing per se right that's why this is so important and so we are really talking about, you know, making things better. So clearly we're talking about how to maximize the work hours that you have each day so that your workday doesn't extend into the night. And just a, a, a quick note about that. I, I found that different people do work different ways and because they want to extend into the night. And I'm thinking my day is over with. I don't want to extend my day into the night. So that's a challenge, right? But, you know, it's kind of a sidebar, but we're going to kind of, you know, even address that aspect. So, Luis, I believe you, you did say about scheduling your day. And I think this is one that just bears repeating, quite frankly. Uh, we know that you're going to have business meetings. Business meetings are important. And... I can I can't tell you how many times that uh, being in big organizations where you're dealing with different time zones, different missions, different customers, and everybody's only thinking about their time, you know, and what they want, right? And so I, I can just remember one time when I worked for this one organization, and it was a very critical time in the country in terms of what we were supporting, and I don't want to go into that per se. But what was happening was we were, there were meetings on top of meetings. And I went to, you know, the head boss and said, sir, we got we to gotta figure this out because this is just too much. 
The organization has meetings. I have meetings. So we got to figure this out because your meetings can't be on top of my meetings and mine on top of yours. You want, you know, we want people represented, whatever the case may be. So that's the worst case scenario, right? But this can happen even in a smaller aspect, okay? So, you know, we talked about small businesses last month and I'm going to kind of mention that again, you know, today. But it is critical to set aside time, no matter the size of your business, for strategic planning, marketing, leading, and systemizing. It doesn't matter what size business you are. And I just, from talking to people, I realize some people still just don't get that. You must schedule. You must have business meetings. And you must have those other times, which, you know, I'll mention but uh, so what am I saying in this whole little phrase about scheduling your day? Typically, what I have seen is people make the mistake of overscheduling. I have done it. I have done it. I mean, even going on a trip, I have done her that. regular day. She's overscheduled. Anyway. <laughs> And so, you know, it's just something that you have to work on. And so it's not just scheduling your day, but don't overschedule. All right. Tip number one. Secondly, when you're doing your time. So let's let's kind of go back to that frog and, you know, what? There, there's an aspect of that book, clearly. Okay. It's just not any frog. And why do you do that? Well, you want to focus on the money making activities. Because there are a lot of things that are important, but um, it's kind of like people say, I have priorities. Guess what? Priority is singular. What is the priority of the day? You can't have 10 priorities. They're not priorities then, okay? So you're in the business to make money, whether, um, you know, sometimes you have other things that are always going to be part of business. You're always going to have administrative stuff. You're always going to have um, something that needs to be addressed, but you don't need to do it yourself. And sometimes people say, well, we're just starting up and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? There there are some lesser uh, expensive ways to handle these things. Virtual assistants are, are good. A lot of times college students, um, there are, are college students that can help you from an internship position, you can just, you know, you know, go to the schools and see, are there, you know, students who need an internship? This is one way they can help. Um, if you are a, a team of two, figure out what you need to delegate. And so as I'm saying this, one of the things I used to think when I was taking a training class, people always told you about the, the things to do. Well, I just like I shared a, a minute ago, I like to always share the other part of what really happens to people. And that is the second mistake is not diligently managing the time that you schedule. So a lot of times people schedule time, they put it on the, you know, what, whatever time they're going to do that. But you need to be very skillful at thinking about how much time might that take. And so allow the extra minutes for the things that can happen. So if you happen to get through early, well, great. You can use that time on something else. But maybe that time takes longer than what you anticipated. So you, you want to have, you know, some room for that. 
And then that way you're not running late on something else or something else doesn't get done. Okay. So I have to say, we've all heard this phrase. There's an app for that. There are actually time apps out there to help you figure out how best to manage your day. I actually tried one for a while and I thought it was interesting, useful. Fortunately, I can't remember the name of it, but I decided based on this time in my life, I didn't necessarily need that, but I was interested in it, you know, to be able to share with somebody else and understand the mechanics of it. And then finally, as we're talking about uh, time, and so last week we talked about marketing, that's a time factor, okay? Sometimes people don't realize, you know, they just think that's that part of that other, you know, schmoozing sort of thing. But, you know, how are you connecting to your community? Uh, depending on what your business is, maybe different times of the year are really more uh, something that you need to focus on at different times of the year. Maybe you have a food truck. Maybe you have a, a traveling mobile product or things that you sell more in the times when more people are about. And of course, it depends on, you know, what part of the country. So whatever it is, uh, food, you know, things like that. Um, so community events, festivals, um, how are you going to figure out, you know, sharing uh, social media you got to incorporate that. You got people that you want to make sure are doing that. You have to take that time. So there's both the face time that you spend each week building up who is in your community and enriching your business relationships. So sometimes I'm not sure people understand that, you know, they get the community side, but they have to realize we are talking about it is a business relationship. And so people, you know, skillfully, manage that those who do are going to, you know, they're going to get more likes. They're going to uh, have a larger network for sure, because there are times you're going to need to know how to uh, call on somebody else. So um, delegating, uh, needing some help. Okay. And uh, here's the book by Keith Ferrazzi, who wrote a great book on the topic called Never Eat Alone. So Another one of those things to check out. So this is super important when we're talking about relationship marketing. I had the opportunity to, I went to a meetup uh, over the weekend and had to drive to get there because I am in the Bay Area. You got to drive everywhere. Um, and it was just so interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was on real estate and investing and I guess, you know, always good intel so that's why i like to go back now and again and just refresh and reconnect honestly is what i'm there because mm -hmm. you know when you're talking relationship marketing it's not like hi i got your card great i'm going to add this to the list no you actually have to know the person and you have to interact so it was just interesting to me is for some reason they really kept talking about relationships and friendships that come from the networking and when you go to a meetup again it's not just to meet people it's to connect and to deepen that relationship, because at the end of the day, that person may be your client, may be your partner, or it could just be a great, you know, dinner buddy, which is also nice. Um, and so they get a happy hour after. And of course, I'm always just like, okay, happy hour. <laughs> so I I went because, you know, I was trying to go home. 
But I'm like, okay, let me just stick my head in the door. Um, and I, you know, because what happened was the event was over. And of course, what happens when the event is over, everyone gravitates to the speaker or speakers. And, you know, so I, I, I just don't believe in waiting in line. I know I'm terrible about that. I'm like, look, I'm out of time. Hey, how's it going? We'll catch, we'll catch up later. Um, as a matter of fact, I did need to, to meet with one of the syndicators. And I said, hey, I sent you an email. What's a good time to follow up? So I did stick my head around, you know, around somebody's shoulder to ask him that question. <laughs> so, so I could follow up and make sure that we did connect and, you know, could do some business. And, uh, you know, he said, why don't you come on over to the happy hour? And I'm like, I wasn't planning on it, but okay. So anyway, I went over there and it was all good. Uh, I was just a little bit early. And so then there's just that awkward moment. So there was someone else who was early. I'm like, I can't just stand here. I'm in a bar. It's fine. I turned around and looked and you know what? It's just easy. Hey, did you come, uh, you know, did you just come from the summit? Which number one, I had recognized his face. Well, he's still wearing his name tag. Why don't people take off their name tag when they leave their events? It's so funny to me when I see people walking around town with a name tag. Oh, I've been guilty. I just, you just forget. Yeah, I do. I do. I've done it once or twice, but I do try and remember. And this one, it just didn't stick anyway. So that was easy. Anyway, I, 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 you know, I, what's that called? You know, you say hi first. You don't have to wait for someone to say hi. I said hi first and we were able to carry on a conversation. So and other people came and it was fine. So it's just interesting. I'm just saying part of relationship marketing. You're not necessarily doing business today, but you don't know what's going to come around the corner. So this could be a property management client for me or, you know, he has property in um, Texas. So probably not. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't connect on something that's going on here in California. There we go. So that's what I meant about relationship marketing. I do enjoy that aspect of leaving the house. I just don't do it often. But what I want to talk to you about next is terms. And I don't think that actually comes up very often in outside of business school, right? And because I, you know, it's things you learn. Well, or unless you're doing contracts like I spent. Well, I know that's what I really was going to say. I think I might yeah. be sneaking into your wheelhouse here for a moment. Well. Just bear with me. You, can, you know, you can, you know, definitely chime in or correct me if I miss things. Yeah. I kind of wondered how this applied to the military. And you tell me whether or not this, that's, well, let me just talk about it. Anyway, so, you know, I learned about it in business school, but I didn't really think about it till I was working for a consulting firm because it was a woman-owned business, so hats off to her. And one of the things that, you know, um, she reminded me of is make sure to take advantage of the terms. So there's two different types of terms you want to talk about. And the first one is invoice terms. Understand your invoicing. Invoice says that you receive, not necessarily that you send out, although this could be applicable to you if this is something that you want to do. So some voices are due and payable, like, you know, either immediately, small business, like, look, I need my money right now, so pay me as soon as you get this invoice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then some of them are like due and payable within 30 days if they have a little bit of breathing room or they just however it came out, right? But on the other hand, you may see an invoice, for example, that may say 210 net 30. So what that 210 means is that if you pay it within 10 days of receipt, you will get a 2% discount. Otherwise, the whole balance is due within 30 days. So, you know, part of making more money, which is what we're talking about, is minding your expenses so that you're not spending more money and not spending more than you have. So if you can, take advantage of those discounts that are offered by your vendors. So when you get that invoice, make sure you check to see what the terms are. And that's what terms mean, payment terms, when something is due. So make sure that you check that out. And if you've got a 210, 310, whatever it might be, that's money back in your pocket. So make sure that you take advantage of that. And, you know, if they don't offer, 
it doesn't hurt to ask, right? They may say, hey, I never thought about that. Sure. Because, you know, they may be in a cash crunch or they may want to keep your business and they want to offer you more favorable terms. That is a-okay. On the other hand, the big uh, terms that may come up more frequently are contract terms. And the saying goes, she who writes the contract wins. So if you can, be the party that drafts the contract so that you can include the terms, aka clauses that are favorable or at least important to you. You don't always have that opportunity, but if this is like a new business relationship and you're just joining, uh, starting to work together, hey, there may or may not be a contract. There may be a template that you can modify, but make sure that if you can, I know nobody is dry, but you know, this is a contract. So this is a business deal that is in writing. So it is worth taking the time to draft or otherwise uh, modify a contract so that you can include the clauses that are important to you. Because anything, even if someone hands you the contract, you know, maybe you were not the one initiating the contract or you didn't write the contract, all contracts are negotiable. Just because it's in writing does not mean you can't negotiate it. Hey, I see this says X, Y, and Z, but I'm more inclined to do some LMNOP. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that just because it's in print, you know, that's why we have computers. That's why we have pens. Um, the thing about the pens, and I tell this to my, my, my manager, leasing managers all the time, is like, look, when you write something on that contract that is different from what's in print, you both, both parties must initial. So it's not a unilateral contract. So both parties are in agreement. So again, whether you retype it or add in a clause or pencil some pen, pencil, write it in, just make sure that both parties initial it. And just keep talking and keep hashing out till you're both satisfied. That is what? A-okay. At the end of the day, whether you're writing a contract or whether you're negotiating a contract, read all your contracts. Because here's what happens a lot. And I say, I see, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of contracts for property management. You know, the vendors want to sell you something. And then, of course, you know, it's a one-off service. In this case, I'm just giving you an example. And then there's like, you know, ongoing service, like they are going to service the fire alarms or whatever. And so then there's the face of the contract. It might be bullet point. It's just very brief. It says we're going to take care of this item with this frequency. And, you know, we're wonderful people. But where they get you are those terms and conditions, which are sometimes added to or they're part of the contract, but they're not on the face. A lot of people just read the face and say, okay, yep, they're going to come on, uh, you know, once a quarter. They're going to do these things. Life is good. And then they sign. Pump the brakes. Read those terms and conditions because that's where they get you. And a lot of it for me, what I'm looking at is um, it's the insurance, um, which is important. You want to make sure your vendors are licensed and insured, but you also want to make sure that they are are also indemnifying you, for example, if something happens. And that's where I just, I'm not signing that contract because the language- So I'm going to tell you, excuse me for butting in. I mean, because yeah, I am familiar with all this and that's my whole career, but somebody probably doesn't understand indemnify. So you probably should explain that because I know there are people who don't know what that means. That means that something terrible happened. Because you were going pretty deep here, but since you brought it up, I just thought, I was, okay. I was trying to, I was just trying to get it all in. These are important things. 
Um, so indemnification means that if something happens, they're going to cover your, uh, you know, especially in California. Maybe it's everywhere now. This is such a litigious state. Everyone is going to see you because they this think you have. Hmm? This is everywhere. Well, we had a reputation, and I said it's probably spread at this point in you know time. But anyhow, you know, if something happens, they're going to cover your, um, or what's it called? Well, I can't think of, you know, see, she put me on the spot. She made me go blank. Maybe you explain indemnify, but I'm saying if there's like a legal, you know, they're going to bring their attorney or whatever. They're going to, they're going to handle the situation. I guess that's probably what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen. And all I'm saying is make sure you read it. And if it's terrible, if it's, if it's going to put you in a bind, don't sign it, find someone else. Right. Um, there's just some contracts that I'm just like, cause you know, especially like the vendors that we get sometimes it's like, you know, we're going to come in this, we're going to do this thing, but we can't be held, you know, uh, liable for anything, liable. no matter whether we make a mistake or not, you're going to take care of us. We're not going to take care of you. I said, I'm not signing that. So please make sure you read that. If you don't understand it, ask someone because, you know, those, the, the fine print, as they say, or in this case, the terms and conditions, that's what can get you uh, in trouble. You think it's all good and it's, and it is all good until it's not. Mm -hmm. So those are, in my mind, smaller companies, not like the government. So what, how does that relate to government contracting where you are? So you oh, said everything, you, everything you said relates to government contracting. It's, and, and the thing is, we have very small, you know, mom pop shots. It depends on what we're buying. Okay. And then you have, as you talked about your litigious contractors, uh, I have big contractors that I worked with in California. And okay. so, you know, those are very contentious um, contract negotiations, terms and conditions. I mean, and to go through them with a fine tooth comb, you may get 75% done, but we're hung up on 25%. Fox getting ready to expire. We haven't signed the contract. And, you, and it's, you know, I mean, oversimplifying, but who's going to blink first? And really what, you know, how important is the commodity, right? What's the time frame? So, um, and again, this is such a big area. So I don't, I don't want to go off because even when I mentioned the word time frame, I, I think that is important. We didn't say that, but a lot of small businesses are good, but where they fail is in the contracting part. Mm. And so understanding everything you said, but that, you know, they also need to be sensitive to the time constraints when things have to be done. So uh, that's another area we don't necessarily, you know, get into. But, you know, this is not a lolly dog. <laughs> oh, you know, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. And so sometimes, uh, particularly from the government side, you know, you're really pushing on people to get things done because we have a time constraint. But yeah, there's there's a whole lot that you yeah. Know, maybe we, we do a, a, a you know a contracting uh, masterclass, which we won't. But I'm just saying it it is that important. But what I forgot to say two things. I guess I did not explain what the word terms mean. Terms mean it's oversimplified. But who's going to do what, when, at what cost, and what the responsibilities are for each party. And as Cecilia says, you know, the, there's a contract literal contract term that's the beginning and end date whether it's open-ended or not. So terms 
are the clauses that spell out who's doing what, when, at you know, and at what cost and who's responsible. So that's what I meant by terms. I probably could have stated that up front without just generalizing. But one thing I did forget to say as I hand off the baton is that, you know, back to invoicing is, or it could be contracting, is, you know, renegotiate your vendor terms. If you've been a long time client of a vendor, and again, you know, maybe at the beginning, your choices were limited because you were new. But if you've been a loyal customer to that particular vendor, maybe it's time to renegotiate your vendor terms. That could be longer time to pay. That could be volume discounts, discounts for paying early, discounts for paying cash, or even just a lower price. So again, this is a relationship that you've had for you know more than a minute. It's not like you're going to say, hey, I bought something last week. Can we discuss? Mm -hmm. Oh, you could, but that's a little bit a little bit out there. So anyway, vendors also have cash flow concerns. So hey, why not discuss? They probably want to keep you as a customer, especially if you have been paying for a period of time. So just raise the question. You're trying to keep money in your pocket or put money back into your pocket. So don't be afraid to raise your hand and say, hey, what about? So that was some fine tuning on the terms because they're so critical. So I just want to make sure you get all the meat behind it. Okay, well, moving right along. So let's talk a little bit about teamwork. So, you know, we, we've kind of alluded to it on more than one aspect of what we've talked about today. If you are big enough, I don't want to use the word fortunate, because, um, you know, to me, that word implies that it's not about what you have crafted and put together. But if you are such a company that has a team, teamwork. My sister gave me a quote to use, teamwork makes the dream work. Well, sounds good, but <laughs> I unfortunately got to go off into some other um, aspects about it, which, which I'll go into. And so, you know, your team doesn't have to be huge. A lot of times you can't have a huge team. And there is such a thing as having a team that's too huge, right? And so um, you have to think about that. But even at that, whether your team is in-house or not, today with the whole virtual aspect of how things are done, chances are they're not in-house. Um, today, a lot of times, you may not even have any brick and mortar. So depending on what your business is, all right, uh, team can be other places. So I'm going to say it doesn't matter where your team is, except probably every now and then, maybe the team should get together, whether it's quarterly or have a way, all right? So setting that aside, but these particular aspects would apply no matter where the team is. And that is, first and foremost, I mentioned delegation earlier. And that is really hard to learn. And so, um, and I'm going to say learn because it really isn't something you just naturally gravitate to. People, people hear that and think it's just, you know, it's just you turn the light switch. It really doesn't happen that way. Um, it is a business aspect that is thrown out there, but this requires some really thinking about it. And so why do we say delegate? First of all, you should not and probably cannot do everything. 
And I put it in that order when I say, first of all, should not, meaning um, from a qualitative term, that is best that you not do that, but cannot realistically, if you're trying to do everything, you may miss something, all right? Or it may not get done as well. Or, you know, your brain can only handle seven things, they say, at one time. You start putting another thing there on your platter. Guess what? Something's going to fall off. All right. So with that in mind, I got to throw this out and I'm going to use this term. And um, if you are a control freak, nobody wants. See, and I'm the first person to say I don't like labels, but I wanted to use that term because it conjures up that person. We have all known that person, right? Uh, today, we try to be a little bit more, you know, uh, ha have a more softer way of talking about people. But I wanted to use that term to say this. It may be that is your personality or that person's personality. Okay. And I want to go to that to say this, this is that's why it's so important that I'm talking about it. If you are a type personality, I used to be. I know you can change. You have to change. Because things can't always be the way you want them to be. And again, we're talking about optimizing your best self as uh, you're trying to make money. You're trying to make money. You're trying to optimize your best self. And so that means you got to find those soft skills to say, well, okay, this is how I feel. This is how I want it. And I feel like if I don't do it, it's not going to be right or it's not going to get done or I just need to see it. No, you don't. You really don't. You really don't. You you got to work to trust your people. You even have to work to trust yourself to let go. And so that is really, really huge. And so uh, that leads me to the next aspect. When we're talking about delegating, why we're delegating, we're trying to optimize, right? That's what we're talking about. This whole thing about how to make your business better, which ultimately means you're always looking at yourself on ways to do things better. So when you're trying to optimize, what does that mean? Optimize what? Well, you have a business. So it's kind of the inputs and the outputs. So one of the things has to do with, as we even talk about the whole relationship aspect, you're giving direction. You have written direction. You have you know, you have thoughts about how you want things to be. And so how do you communicate that? Because that's really, in my mind, what we're talking about. Uh, it's, it seems like an overused word, but when you're giving clear direction, hopefully you're giving good guidance. Clear direction to me means good guidance, hopefully. Um, then that means you're being a good leader. If it's your business, you want to be a person who provides leadership. It's your business. Shouldn't they know what your vision is? You don't want them doing, cooking up their own scheme while you're thinking something else, right? So to provide leadership means that you're looking at all the resources, whether it's people, you know, uh, the supplies, the things that you need to oversee. You need to know what's going on. Although we did talk about delegating, you may not know the nits of everything going on but you're going to communicate with people who are going to share that with you. And so um, 
I go, you know, you go in a store and you wonder sometimes how, how things are managed. I'll, I'll use Home Depot as an example. I've been in Home Depot a few times past week. And so I went in, uh, usually I'm not in the store late, but in this particular, I had to go back, had to, you know, figure out how to resolve something. And I went in and I'm looking around, oh, there's not a lot of people in here. And what I needed, um, I wanted to talk to somebody, but I'm like, okay, nobody's here that I can see to talk to. Okay, so say figure it out, you know, get, you know, look at whatever I need to look at. And I finally came to a decision. Now I got to figure out how to move it. Okay, mm, nobody's around. I figure that out. So then I get to the cash register and I'm looking at these people standing around. I'm like, you know, there's something wrong with this picture. Why are these people standing here talking? I'm like, I needed help over here. So then I, I, you know, I check, I checked out, but I know I can't get this stuff in my car. And so I asked the person and the lady says, well, um, well, it's going to be that person over there, but they're helping somebody else uh, make keys. And I said, oh, okay, really? So I stand there waiting. And she finally says, well, okay, I, I'll, I'll help you. To which she did. She was stronger than me for sure. But the thing was, she talked about, well, it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. And I get that. And she said, well, you know, people call in and they don't, you know, so we had people who did, you know. So that was a long way to talk about today. You see a lot about resource availability. The mm -hmm. best, even the best places have lack of resources. But but that's not enough. It's what do you do with the resources that you do have? Don't have people standing over here chit-chatting when the other part of the store is not being managed. So whatever your business is, you should, you know, take all things into consideration. I call that optimizing. I am, you know, your process has to be such that no matter what is going on, you've got to be able to handle what comes up. And uh, don't assume that somebody else is going to do it. And so um, in my mind, somebody, 10 other people could actually walked in, maybe wanted to do the same thing I did and walked out that store. So they've lost some money, right? Okay, so um, my pet peeve with part of this aspect is, is how people communicate or don't. So I've been working with some stuff and and I know a couple of people who have their own businesses. I tell you the communications, man, I just have a hard time because I, I think to myself, how did you get this done? Because you are a poor communicator. And it create when you don't give good advice, leadership, direction, what you're going to have is not only is it not cost effective, Okay, and maybe let me just say, in what ways might it not be cost effective? How about redo, lost sales, uh, two people working on the same thing? That's not cost effective, right? So I think I beat that enough that um, to get the picture, but it's just very important. And I don't know that when people are thinking about their business, it's kind of like it starts with you. Here's your business out here, but the whole part of how you got to manage and work is so important. And then the last thing I'll say about teamwork is about outsourcing. 
And, you know, again, remember kind of starting with what I first said, sometimes people are afraid to outsource. They're, they're afraid to, you know, they don't know what they're going to get. And I get that, you know, we all kind of want to know what's what, but guess what? So many ways to work smarter. If you're not the one who makes that AMP product, you need to go get that from somebody else. And um, one of the things I've seen around here, which I think is truly smart, I, you know, I don't know who's the first person to come up with it, but I know that uh, there's a a place I had just noticed it was sitting on a corner, major thoroughfare. You know, I only, you know, would see it like when I was going to church. And I was like, wow, now what are they doing with all these big um, cooking containers? Like, yeah, it looked like a grill, but they're huge, right? Well, these people have come up with a great idea. They're the people who are like food vendors, food trucks, which are huge around here. I don't know about, you know, all over the country, but we're huge. Lots of festivals and food trucks have gotten to be while they're mostly doing warm weather, but people kind of gotten smart to use them at a lot of things. And so rather than these people having this long line of people waiting to get their food, they've got somebody else's kitchen who's taking care of that. And so that has become a big uh, business streaming product here uh, where uh, different groups have gotten together to go use the kitchen whether they're preparing the food or letting them, you know, prepare the food for them. So I think that's a wonderful, that's just an example of how that can be done. And um, again, when you put the delegation, optimization and outsourcing all together, you know, do a balance sheet, do it. If you had it, had done it where you were doing everything and then take this other column and see when you start having someone else do it, not only look at the dollars and cents that may be saved, but also the time that may be saved. This was, uh, you know, when I when we, 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 we thought about having this topic, you kind of think, you know, there's only so much you can do to make more money in your business. But once you start talking about it, and, and frankly, getting into the weeds a little bit, maybe we got into the weeds a little bit, but I think I'm kind of warming up to this topic. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's important. And, but like I said, the more you start talking about it, it's like, this is really important. And I just want to close this out with, you know, talking about, honestly, some more ways to, to put some more money in your pocket, because that's why you went into business. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> is to tally it all up. Now, tally, maybe that's an old-fashioned word, so I'm just going to say add it up, right? So it's kind of a catch-all phrase, but I think there's still there's still some more things you can do to put some more money in your pocket. And the first thing, I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe you need to raise your prices because that's one thing that, that women are known for <clears throat> and new business owners is not charging enough because they're afraid that no one will buy my whatever. Well, you don't know till you put it out there. So first of all, Raise your prices. And, you know, sure, we go to the store and we see that, oh my gosh, this has gone up again and we're not excited about it. But as a business owner, not talking about some big corporate thieves, we're talking about as mostly we're talking small business owners, right? Mm -hmm. You do need to optimize your prices. Now, optimize can mean a lot of things. That means fine tune and make sure that you have the right number 
the right price point for the value that you provide. Remember, we talked about that several podcasts ago, is that when you're in business, you're providing value. So consider your COGS, your cost of goods sold. Now, how much does it cost you to make that beautiful uh, bespoke designer sweater, as they say? I don't know. I never know what the word bespoke means, but you catch my drift. It's mm -hmm. yours, it's special, it's exclusive. What are the different components? How much does each component cost you? And you know, what's your what's your uh, markup on that? So consider your cost of goods sold, and you do have to include your overhead. And maybe you have a, you know an eyeball over there on your competitors' prices. You just need to be aware of what's going on. So adjust your prices if and or as needed. Are you charging enough? So think about it. How much does it cost you to do these things? And then for you to then translate that into a sale. That's that's your that's your trade-off, but you want to be reasonable and you want to be what's that word? Oh yes, profitable. And at the, the opposite side of that coin is to also reduce your expenses. We talked about negotiating your contracts, we talked about reviewing your invoices, but also review your receipts and your statements that you receive. Make sure you don't overpay for anything. Make sure you're not being charged for something that you didn't buy. I used to be such a good citizen, that's not even the word, shopper. I would always check my receipts. Now I'm distracted. I'm tired. I go in the store and I just take my receipt and leave. But you got to check those receipts because that sometimes when, and now everything is self-service. So when I'm ringing it up, I do notice that if this price rings up as different from what it said on the shelf or what I thought it said, I'm like, I'm not buying that or I'm going to question that if I really want it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to pay attention. And ideally, this is my other caveat, never pay full price if you can help it. I don't believe in paying full price and someone sometimes that might be uh delayed gratification maybe you just wait and come back till it is on wait until it's on sale right. but on the other hand you know also review your uh purchases i'm asking as a non-coffee drink i'm asking do you really need that gourmet coffee delivery every day to your office probably not that's just an example that you know of some you know the the little sneaky ways that the money starts to, to to drip out or dribble out is that you know you're as you grow you tend to might want to treat yourself a little better and I do believe in treating yourself nicely but again we're talking about maximizing your income so do look at those uh one-off extravagant pur purchases and compare this is the part that doesn't happen either compare your actual spending versus what you budgeted do those numbers match Hopefully you're coming in below, but sometimes you're a little bit this way, especially if something happens. So you do have to review your budget on the regular to make sure that what you said you were going to spend is what you're actually spending. And here's my favorite, though. You're in business to make money. You need to also diversify your offerings because if this one becomes obsolete, is no longer on trend or whatever. If the demand goes, so too goes your money. So you need to have more than one offering. Packages are better than one-offs. Uh, you know, if if this aspect of your business is working for the person, maybe there's another something that you can offer. So upsell a complimentary item. Offer something different. You don't have to get carried away trying to be all things to all people, but having one to three core offerings makes good business sense as long as you can do them all equally well. So as we're bringing it on home, I just wanted to remind you that, hey, there's a lot of different ways you can make more money. It's not just the, you know, it's dollars in and dollars out. So make sure that you are aware of those different aspects. That's why you have to have that focus time, that desk time 
And as I like to do an end of month uh, re personal retreat where you're going over your book of business and how you can optimize it and make it better. So that turned out to be a lot. I don't know what happened. So we're going to go ahead and let you go. But before we leave you today, your action item is just to pick one of the above, time, terms, teams, and tally, and take action on that today. The difference between a multipreneur and a wannapreneur is that multipreneurs take action every day. Alrighty then, join us next week as we share the key tools for business success. So remember this whole month is all about your business, how to maximize it, how to multiply it. So this will be an excellent addition to your maximizing and multiplying. So just make sure that you tune in next Sunday and we will see you there. Cheers. Thank you.